following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Yeah, I like to reward the third hour listeners. I know we're not supposed to say we have three hours sometimes, but we're going to reward third hour listeners because you know what? We're going to talk about nudity laws uh, from New Hampshire. There was an actual lawsuit uh, in the, uh, uh, you know, the issue of the, I got it, free the nipple campaign. I guess we can say that, but it's, this thing is just going everywhere. And we've talked about the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, how um, they have actually said it's discrimination, basically, to say a man can not have a shirt on and a woman cannot. Uh, in public, and there's actually a case going on in Salt Lake we discussed where um, a woman is being prosecuted for being in her garage without her top on, and then, and then the stepchildren see it, and that's going on. And now New Hampshire, ooh, more going on in New Hampshire. We're going to bring that up uh, temporarily, and believe me, it is. It is it's it's PG-rated, so don't worry about it, those of you who are listening. Yeah, and this, now, yes. Naked in New Hampshire, Naked with in your New host, Fred Penny. Those of you who <laughs> waited for three hours deserve this. He's trying to get out in front of this issue. So, <laughs> so you can have a bird's eye view exactly of what's just, going on. <laughs> yeah. Then I woke up. So we're going to talk about Taylor Swift, a Greyhound uh, uh, $20 million verdict. We've got to talk about the facts of this, how sad but interesting it is. And then uh, Weinstein's agreeing to pay $25 million civil court deal uh, to 30 of the people who had allegations against them. We always say allegations. And then the best part about this uh, hour is case or no case and quick takes. At the very end, we're going to do a quick take. And uh, that is what Denise and I and Todd think about a quick tidbit for you to think about over the week while we're sitting here hanging out. But let's do case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. All right. You know, it's always seemed counterintuitive to me to have a machine perform a medical operation. But a man in England needed an aortic valve to be replaced. And so a surgical robot, robot, pardon me, was all programmed to perform that task. The big day came for the patient, Stephen Pettit, who was in a bad way at death's door. His valve was not closing. The doctor turned the robot loose and it went berserk. Attacked a nurse put stitches in his heart in some very weird way in a place where they weren't necessary. And to make matters worse, the surgeon sent the rest of the crew out on a coffee run because he figured he and the robot had everything else under control. Hmm. And it made a royal mess inside of the patient. So it's England, so royal mess, you see. And so I ask you, case or no case? And Mr. Cunin... Hold on. Yeah. Answer this question. Did the guy live or not? Does, or I'll, you know? I'll tell you that at the very okay. end. Yes. Let's end. just suffice at it to say... At the very end. Yes. Yeah, right. Suffice it to say that at the end of this horrible procedure, he had to have a manual procedure after that, and he lost his life during that procedure. So, yes, he ended up dying. So, Mr. Cunin, I believe it's your opportunity or privilege to go first on case or no case this time. <clears throat> case, and if so, what was the result? Well, I, I think originally based upon your clarification there, I will say that this is definitely actually a scenario. 
other than that, you're just a good liar. Okay, so uh, so I would say that this is a scenario, and I certainly cannot imagine a situation where somebody dies as a result of a medical procedure that appeared to have gone haywire in which a case would not be filed. I think that we live in a society where that's going to happen. So I'm going to say, yes, it is a case. I'm going to say it is a case. Okay. Okay. Um, Filed by his heirs for wrongful death and whatnot. I see I said it, whatnot. There you go. Uh, so oh Ron my gosh, heirs. you're a whatnotter. And the thing that makes this unique, I'm going to say that the family loses because... Now, this was England, right? Yep. I'm not really certain what their procedures are over there, but I'm going to say that they were unable to prove negligence because the doctor didn't do anything that other doctors wouldn't have done, including sending people for coffee. So. Or maybe because the machine did the work. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> it was, uh, so I'm going to say that cases filed and the plaintiffs lose. Ms. Dirks, what say you, case or no case? Yes, I don't think they have a negligence um, claim against the robot because the robot's not a person. So I'm thinking of something kind of strange and having to do with the fact that there was a robot malfunction. Um, so the, the doctor would not necessarily have been negligent, but the manufacturers of the robot may be. Um, what would be the damages? England's really strange, too, about damages. They don't let there be all these big, huge damages. You lose an arm, you get 40000 You lose a leg, you get sixty. Yeah, it's a socialized you know? state yes. when it comes to medicine. Remember yes, that, right? very, very right. different kind of damages. So it's got to play along those lines that it's a really simple, unusual damage award. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say that it is... Not a case. Ooh, going out on a limb. Not it's a, a scenario. Case. There you go. It's right. a scenario, right. but fair not enough. a case. Denise, I like that's fair enough. Mr. Penny, what say you? Let's, case or let's no talk case? about liability of the doctor. Sure. The, the answer is, on that one, in my opinion, is the doctor controls and manages the machine. Therefore, he's going to be liable for what the machine does. You can't say, oh, you can't sue the machine. You could sue the hospital, the doctor, whoever manages the machine, make sure it's working right, or I'm sure there's an override they could touch to make sure that, okay, wait, this is going wrong, um, and, and we'll deal with that. The issue here is the following. I'm going to say it's a case. I'm going to say they lose, that is, the family loses for the following reason. There's no causal connection between the surgery by the robot and the death of the individual because he died at the second surgery that was done manually, not having any causal connection to the first surgery Hmm. done by the robot because that, quote, did not kill him. Isn't that great? Legal analysis. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. No, I think that's phenomenal legal analysis. It's pretty spot on. Let me I let think. me let me yeah. let me pat myself on the back. Which means well, that's you just hurt your arm. Well, let right me think. Which, which just <laughs> which means that I'm probably going to lose because it's intelligent and and straightforward. So I'm going to say case family loses, but it's, Denise is probably right. Hmm. <laughs> Way to hedge your bets there. So if I lose, I don't I look get so it, bad. But uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, do you want to, Cal, do you have time or should we just... I have time. I can tell you right now exactly what happened because Denise hit the nail on the head in that this is Britain. 
<laughs> so, but but let's let's lay out the results of this, and then you guys can decide. Even though the robot doctor was responsible, this is England, so nothing really came of it, except that the poor patient had to get repaired from the damage done by the robot. The heart valve still needed replacing. He died. But the attending physician, Dr. Sumakaran Nair, admitted that he had missed most of the training on the robot. There you go. I was and right. And therefore too. did not really know what was going on. So now he will be missing paychecks and a career. And by the, here's what's interesting about this. The reason I brought this up is that most robot training is actually conducted by the hospital. Mm-hmm. And at least in Britain and in the United States at this juncture, there is no national standard for robot mm-hmm. company. It's done by the hospital and by like Da Vinci or whoever it is that makes the robots. So if you get the certificate, it's not like a thing you could put on your medical license as a certification. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. It was, the case was never filed. The doctor lost his career and the patient lost his life. And that means that everybody gets one point. And that, I guess, is how we're going to play that. No, no I'm the only one, one that gets oh, points. Denise, Denise gets, gets point. one. We Denise get two. I get two. It was a case. Yeah, Denise gets two points. No, no, it, was no not. Case it was not a case. No case was filed, so you're going to get a point, Denise. And Todd Two gets points. a zip, Fred gets a zip, <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, wow. is Case or No Case, and it's time for us to bail out of here. All right, let's get out of here, Cal. Join us. We'll come back. We'll talk about the New Hampshire case about can women take their top off or not. This is not... This is all legal stuff. Don't we're not going off the off the edge. We'll all be back. advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. 
Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere por questus propirium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English, if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. I like the Amargosa Valley. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. So we're talking about New Hampshire now. The Supreme Court of New Hampshire, the state Supreme Court, has upheld an ordinance uh, in a small town called Weir's Beach in Laconia in 2016. There's a public nudity law that says you cannot basically go topless as a woman, and it's been upheld by the courts, including the Supreme Court of New Hampshire uh, has upheld it as a a valid ordinance and law, and it is not uh, discriminatory in any way against uh, uh, women. And now it is go- they're trying to get it before the United States Supreme Court, which between you and I, because it's already gone to the Tenth Circuit we talk about, and they said that uh, that is discriminatory, that a woman should be able to take her top off. But I think the United States Supreme Court is going to have to hear this at some time to it, determine what, you know, whether or not this is discriminatory or not. Most of the cases, and Denise, we're talk about this, that have gone before the state Supreme Courts, the state Supreme Courts have upheld the ordinances that do not allow a woman to go topless. Is that correct? This, yes, and this is a very classic example of the separation of powers between state and federal. That's exactly Because the federal courts have upheld that it is a violation uh, based upon racial uh, racial and or gender grounds. Right. And that it, um, it's... Free the nipple needs to be dealt with on that level. On the state level. 
No, no, no. Oh, the, the federal, federal courts are saying it's a violation of the U.S. Constitution and all that. So here we've got the states, say, uh, the state courts and their state Supreme Courts that are saying, no, you, um, United States Supreme Court, stay out of this. That's right. Let's let this be a state's issue only because you get the right to decide what state you live in you get the right to live in a state that has ordinances that you believe in you know this is really an important almost local kind of level um of um where you want to raise your family what you know all those things come into play but the federal courts in the different states are saying we are listening to free the nipple it does look like these ordinances are um you know, discriminatory. gender discriminatory right. and is getting to those federal courts because it does involve a federal question, right? It's a, whether or not these things are constitutional. Are these ordinances constitutional? So and then as it goes up the federal court system, they're getting to the U.S. Supreme Courts. And so when you have a f- difference between the federal courts and the state courts, the state Supreme Courts, that's when the U.S. Um, Supreme Court usually does become involved. I, if I put on my prognosticator's hat here, I would say, in my opinion, I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to deny cert for this reason. Really? What, tell them what deny okay, cert means. So, so right now, the application filed by the petitioners and the response by the state has been, please, Supreme Court, will you accept this case for briefing on the merits and so that this decision can be made? And if, when the court says, okay, we will take it. We will go ahead and decide this and hold in-person hearings and, and the whole arguments before the court, that's called granting certiori, meaning the court will then hear it. They haven't done that yet. This is everything that's happened up to now is just the petition to ask the court to entertain the issue. And the way that the issue is being framed, I think, raises a sub issue that the courts don't want to address yet. And that is whether gender is malleable, whether gender is based solely on the XY chromosomes or XX. Or is it something that you can say you identify with and decide? And because the arguments start to get there, I think the court says it'll be very hard to issue a decision that does not go there. And right now, we don't want to go there. Yeah, I, I think this U.S. Supreme Court is going to perhaps deny those state requests. But I'm pretty sure they're going to take up the federal request because if they do that, that's where the heart of the matter is. That's the constitutionality of the matter. And and, and here's the other reason why I don't think they will based upon that. So when they took up a case like, say, take same-sex marriage or something like that, you're talking about a decision in one case that arguably affects somebody's rights in another state because right now like if you're afraid you're married and if you guys move from california to tennessee you don't have to get married again in tennessee under the comity clause of the united states mm-hmm. you get a married here you get to be married wherever you yeah, go you're recognized there and, and so that was the issue with some of those things in this one here if it's a violation of the law to be nude for a female to be topless in the state of new hampshire that doesn't affect somebody in California. It affects a Californian that goes to New Hampshire, but not once they leave New Hampshire. So it's very specific. And, and the thing the court has to remember here, and what I think they're going to remember, is going back to the Founding Fathers, the big debate was, okay, we, we need a federal government to provide for national defense and to do things, but they were very leery 
of having a federal government that denied the individual sovereignty of the 13 states at that point in time because yeah, folks in Boston were saying, our interests have nothing to do with the guys in South Carolina, so we want to have our sovereignty. And I think they could look at this and say, this is too close to that. If, if New Hampshire wants to be approved, they can be approved. But on the other side of the uh, of the of the table that like Denise is arguing, the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a federal appellate court, has already weighed in on it and said it is illegal or unconstitutional for a, a local municipality to say a woman can't go topless. It's already been weighed in on. So the question is. Does the Supreme Court hear it? I think they have to now. Now, you're right, maybe in the New Hampshire case, but how are they going to ignore the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals case? Well, I don't know. Because it leaves them split, and that's the problem. That, There's it, no it, answer. It leaves them split, but only within the jurisdictions where it arises. There's nothing about the Tenth Circuit in the law in Colorado that has anything to do with New Hampshire. It doesn't harm people outside of that state. If they hang their hat on not taking it, that's why. That's a good argument, too. But well, I, I think it makes them, it just would be easier for them to take up or even deny the federal cases and deny them so that those decisions stand. Yeah. I think this is going to be, this is great topics. I love, I love talking about this topic, and we'll talk about it more and see what happens in the Supreme Court. We're going to come back and talk about a Greyhound case. And we're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein. I know you guys are not tired of hearing about that. We'll be back. You have found Radio Law Talk on the radio and on radiolawtalk.com, where all of our episodes are archived for your podcasting convenience. We'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. 
Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. So a sad scenario occurred in Texas where a, a young man was, uh, a 25-year-old young man uh, by um, Mr. Brown, uh, was was uh, on a Greyhound bus. They, they made a stop. Um, the, the, what had happened is the bus driver did not count to see if all the passengers were on, and he started to take off, and apparently Mr. Brown was not on the bus yet. And um, as he was running to get back on the bus and chasing it, um, it the bus turns right out of a rest stop onto the road, and and he is running along the bus. You know, he's going to be stuck at the rest stop. And um, and as it made the right turn, the front wheel caught him and threw him under the bus and ran over him and killed him instantly. So um, the lawsuit occurred, and, and uh, Greyhound was hit with a $20 million verdict. Uh, with the parents of Mr. Brown, and uh, the issue was is uh, the claim that the driver of the bus had previously violated company protocol in the past to 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 uh, to do a head count, which he had not done before, leaving the rest stop um, without having a head count to make sure everybody was on, and so that that was interesting. But you know, there are a couple things we learned from this. Number one. You know, very important to follow. You know, they have directions. You know, Greyhound and businesses have directions. That's why you follow them as an employee. And when you're upset because you know you get disciplined because you're not following and you know directions, this is the reason why. The second thing is, doggone it, don't run run after a bus and run on the you know. And that was their argument. Greyhound's like, what he did though was his own fault. He's running after a bus and then running on the main road in front of the bus. I mean, you you wonder if the <laughs> If the plaintiff, the family, is saying, look, the defense is throwing my client under the bus, literally, in this case. It's that, like one yeah. of the only times that that actually happens. They probably didn't say that. But but, but you, the defense you, but, is saying. But you start to understand why that phrase originates because of the devastation that can right. happen as a result of that. And the defense was and saying. And the defense is saying um, he threw himself under the bus. He yeah. just, right. You know, he t- has to take responsibility for throwing himself under the bus. In my home community during a Greyhound bus driver's strike, there was a bus driver with picket signs and the bus was pulling out of the station and he was in between the station wall Uh-oh. and the bus itself and it rolled him up there and took his life. Oh. So yeah, and, and the family won some significant money out of that because the driver did not see this guy. But my point is that buses and why would you want to mess with a bus? That's a lot well, of Well, it's weight. hard to see when yeah. you're a small, uh, the buses sit up high and it's right. probably hard and to see. And you can't see that low stuff. And, up and yeah. there's no clean way to get into that bus. It's not like, you know, the doors are shut and you're not going to be able to hop up on a train. Right. You know, it's a very different type of a vehicle. He's got to stop. He's got to open, open the doors. Open doors. Right, right, exactly. right. But, so, but, it's a sad you know, thing though. Sad but on the brown thing. side, you, yeah. know, you, you, you count. That's why you have a count and you're leaving at a rest stop 
there might be someone still going to the bathroom. You better count the people that are on the list. Okay, everybody's here. There's no yeah, reason no, not I, to. Yeah, no, I agree. No That's like simple, simple yeah. things. Sloppy procedures. Sloppy. But they actually uh, sued for punitive damages, and they uh, did not win the punitive damages uh, case. But they they just what? got actuals? Is that what you're saying? Just actuals, $20 million. Well, One wow. thing I think is interesting in this case is that the trial, what is it? The trial took place in Texas. Hmm? The accident took place in Oregon. So yeah. if factually speaking, it happened in Oregon, and I, I, I don't know the litigation, I don't know how they got to Texas, but I would say that when you get into contracts and, and you know you buy a bus ticket, there's a contract for the bus ticket, you're always looking for that thing. Any disputes, it's agreed, will be handled in this Delaware. jurisdiction yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And if there was a clause saying in Texas, well, then you're subject well, to a, that law. A diversity jurisdiction, you can mm-hmm. where the plaintiff resides, where the defendants reside, or where the accident occurred. I'll put money. I don't know. I, I wonder if uh, the defendant resides uh, Greyhound out of Texas. I was going to say the, that's probably where te- um, in Greyhounds. The Greyhounds in Phoenix, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, so, I so, could be wrong. Maybe so, they picked them up in Texas, too. So my, so my question in that is, you know, Fred, on, on this program, you've talked about how, okay, California is uh, – a, a this type of negative state. Yeah, yeah, state. comparative and com- contributory. And, and, and then you've got something else that's that's, Texas. that's elsewhere. Texas. And uh, so my question is, this happened in Oregon. If there is a conflict between the negligent statutes, if it was a negligent action in Oregon versus those in Texas, and the trial is taking place in Texas, but the incident occurred in Oregon, what do they do? No, they apply the Texas law. They apply it's whatever, the Texas. yeah, whatever. The, so the jurisdiction is a lot of the diversity jurisdiction can vary. So you sometimes, as a lawyer, can go, all right, I got three states to pick from. You know, which one do I want to try this case in? And that's a, that's the truth because they could have asked for Oregon law to apply, mm-hmm. or you could look at the ticket that was purchased and see which which law applies. Yeah. And if you sue in Texas, it's a presumption that it will be Texas law. Yeah, and, that's, I, and I repent. Dallas, Texas is the headquarters for Greyhound. That's right. Dallas, uh, Phoenix is for U-Haul. I got the that's two right. confused. I'm sorry. And so that's probably why they sued in Texas is because of that's defendant's headquarters. And that's what so they do. So read the fine print, including those that you get every time you update your software and it's 100 pages long and you click at the bottom. I agree. <laughs> Oh, just the same that sa- yeah, the yeah. same when you listen to Radio Law Talk on our disclaimers. Yes, yes, yes. Disclaimers, just so you know, you're automatically you're you're liable for the, our disclaimers. Most phones have a read function where you just highlight the text and it will read to you. Yeah, just do that; it'll put you to sleep. It's great. Uh, <laughs> well, let's move on into Harvey Weinstein because that's that's exciting. So, <laughs> so Denise, did you did nail this, Denise? It's funny. You have to see Denise's face. Uh, I I I go. Oh, I should have taken the picture and tweeted out. Well, I said, let's talk about Harvey Weinstein. She gave me this like. Like when you just ate sour candy. Like, <laughs> but here's the deal. Harvey Weinstein. 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 Weinstein, uh, Weinstein just agreed to, and the, and the courts are reviewing, a $25 million civil deal where they'll, he'll put in $25 million for 30 different sexual assault accusers. Yeah, it's accusations, but we always believe that no matter who they are, even if you don't like Harvey, guess what? It's an act. He's accused of that. It's not a right. Fact. And this settlement will mean that he does not admit any wrongdoing. Right. Uh, this settlement will mean that he doesn't have to come out of pocket one cent. This settlement involves his insurance companies that covered mm-hmm. his acts and the acts of his business. Um, so it's going to be totally funded by the insurance company. Um, 
and then it's going it has to be now because now his company is bankrupt so now the bankruptcy court has to weigh in right um, to make sure that they are in agreement with this but it does it does come out of a part of a 47,000 47 million dollar settlement to close out all of the other creditors so this is agreement between vic, uh, victims creditors and Weinstein's and Weinstein's company. So it is a very huge, um, big agreement. Well, here's the here's the interesting thing too. This basically brings to an end pretty much all that I know of the civil suits filed against he and his companies. Yes. And and that could uh, that believe it or not that could clear a lot up. But here's the interesting thing. And Cal, let me get to you in a second. It's fine. The interesting thing, if you notice what's been going on with this case, and I know you guys are wondering where I'm going. You notice he's showing up with a big fat suit that makes him look like he's lost weight, and he's in a walker, like he's being. And, there, and some are claiming, "Oh, this is the biggest, you know, Farce. show. It's a show, you know." Uh, well, my question was: Let's say this goes to criminal court. Could it be entered in that he paid twenty-five no. million bucks in this case? It is just no. is not relevant no, at all. Not relevant. Well, no. usually, I mean, it depends on the state, but I would say uh, evidence of a sub- settlement or evidence that you fix something to make it not dangerous is not um, allowed to be brought into the suit huh. because it's prejudicial for them to fix something or to or to settle something and it to be presumed that that's a criminal act. Or that's because because of a because he's paid. I mean, twenty-two million yeah. bucks. You could what, you, would you argue in court he just paid it for nothing? Well, here's the interesting no, no. thing. <laughs> yeah, here's the interesting thing. No, here's the interesting. Did you know a quarter of that settlement, part exactly. of it, is going to go toward paying uh, some of his company's legal costs uh, and his lawyer costs? Yes. So, uh, so not tw- just twelve million is yeah. going to resolve his costs. So what this means is this is remember the context is bankruptcy court. Sure. And there are both secured and unsecured creditors in the bankruptcy court, and if he doesn't get a good settlement as to all of them, because he tends Technically, cannot discharge anything. He's, he's not of that level. Um, unless he gets an agreement with all of them, then they're going to fight over different things, and he's not going to get fully resolved. So this does allow for unsecured creditors and secured creditors and Weinstein's own attorneys to fully resolve right. his, his bankruptcy the only, state. The only thing I will say is there were at least 17 named defendants in this lawsuit, either companies or individuals. And if you're an insurance company, you got to have different lawyers for each one of them under conflict of interest. Right. And that can often drive right. a settlement. But don't forget, court. that's just 22, 25 of the overall 47 million total that's been paid out. So anyway, we're going to come back and talk... About uh, uh, so we got Texas uh, judge blocking the border wall funding. We're going to talk about a synagogue shooting, all kinds of stuff at Radio Law Talk. Join us. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. 
www.pennypro.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose, online, with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone. Like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous, help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. Are you serious? Oh, that's down. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. All right, we're going to speed dating time, but actually uh, speed topics. 
Federal judge is blocking a $3.6 billion uh, border wall funding of Trump. Just so you know, we're going to be following this. But uh, as of now, a district judge in Texas, which is a little bit of a shocker, is uh, uh, attempting to stop uh, Trump from building the wall. Um, again, none of this matters. You know why? Oh, why? Oh, this is important because it's going to go to the appeals court and then maybe even the Supreme Court. You know, so yes. it's going to the uh, appeals court of the Fifth Circuit. Um, and this the, is only one of many suits. Yes. There. So the Trump administration's already a- appealed that to the uh, Court of Appeals uh, uh, for the Fifth Circuit. By the time this is all done, this uh, what's going on between the Democrats and Republicans? I think, and not just that. If a Democrat gets in, it's going to go back the other way, too. We're going to need more judges and more lawyers than we've ever needed. Go ahead, Kevin. And and you said uh, your comment was shocker because it was from Texas. Remember, this is a federal judge that did this, and federal judges are appointed for life. That's true. So as opposed to the state judges that have their up for reelection and stuff. And so that's the trade-off that you get. Mm -hmm. So. Tell us, Denise, a little bit about the uh, (laughs) shooting survivor that's filing a suit against the synagogue. That's kind of an interesting one, too. Right. Um, There is a uh, synagogue down in San Diego area, and it's called Shabbat Apoe. And with nas- nationally we've been having so many more attacks against synagogues there's been churches in general ch- churches in general but specifically that are anti-semitic and so what happened is the government gave $150,000 kind of it's like a donation but a gave grant. that to bring up the safety features for these synagogues to help them so they can continue to worship and they will be safe in their worshiping however this synagogue did not use those and up do any upgrades yet and at the time that John Timothy Ernest um, came in to shoot up in the synagogue um, they had the money but they hadn't put in any security so one of the per- persons or two people that have been injured in this they filed against the synagogue to claim that they were the synagogue breached its duty of reasonable care against its you know constituents by not using the money properly yeah. by not using the money at all well that is the that's yeah. the allegation from the plaintiff however the officials for the Shabbat of Poway synagogue say and, and this is a direct quote from them they say to imply that the grant of funds could have been used for security guards is misleading while we were approved to move forward with the federal grant application shortly before the attack, it's a process that can take many months, even years, before the funding comes through. The grant we were approved for did not cover security guards. Oh. So, you know, when you get a grant from the government, you got to use it for the purposes for which it's given, and they're saying that it did not cover that. So, yeah, this is going to be a hugely litigated issue about what they did, what the money could be used for, and what well, uh, and what not. And it doesn't necessarily not. have to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied to the money either if they had the opportunity to hire security guards or to do something that could have protected the the constituents it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to that money that, that's a similar argument the folks in yeah. texas are making against walmart there was no public money but that walmart should have had better security there so yeah. absolutely i think now with the companies nowadays it's gonna and the lawsuits it, it boy are they gonna have to step it up i you know I, in a way, it's good and bad. You know, I just I don't know which 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 to say. But it's anything could happen anywhere now. The way that this this country and this world is is reacting, just these shootings, these and then we can argue about what the cause is, and we're not going to get into that because that's political. But here's here's some the mo- more important things we need to discuss, and that's why we leave this toward the end of uh, of our three hours. And this is 
really important first world issues. Yes. And that is the British supercar dealer is suing <laughs> for a transmission that's worth $500,000 because when he bought the Ferrari 250 GTO for $43 million, he wanted a $44 million. He thought it was not fair that he didn't get the transmission that was, he believed was supposed to come with the car. It was a gearbox. What's a gearbox? Same thing. Well, gearbox transmission. transmission, same thing. Gearbox means the, it shifts. The shifter thing. Okay. The car cannot go forward or reverse without it. Okay. But let me tell you, this is a 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO. I like cars. There's only 39 of them made. It was built by Ferrari between 62 and 64. This is basically the holy grail of cars. This is the most expensive car ever sold on the auction block. And um, it was the second one they ever built. And, and, and they sell these, and then they, tr- then they flip it and sell it to someone else, these, these uh, entities. And it's, it's no different than an investment in a, in a new building or something else. So why was it sold without the gearbox? That, well, that's the argument. They knew about it because it didn't have the gearbox with it, but they generally knew where the original gearbox was. And another collector has it somehow. You know, it's, it's like stealing a piece out of it and held it. And apparently that that other person that held it said, I'll sell it for 500000 And the argument is, over this 500000 who should pay for the 500000 Oh, the seller or the per- buyer? Or, or the buyer. Got and it. then they came even came down to it. It sounds like, okay, we'll agree to who who pays what. Now they're arguing about who's going to pay for the shipping. Shipping, is that going at a box with a guard? I mean, you don't want to just ship that UPS. Well, with a car like that, you'd better have a matching number gearbox that came with the car. That's right. Because if it exactly doesn't right. match, you know, the value goes down. No, the value, no, the, the answer is Cal. No? The, the, no, the value is $44 million without the gearbox. Yes. It's yeah. going to be worth more with, with the gearbox. With the gearbox, yeah. And the one thing yeah. to point out is you know, when you look at the headlines for this, it makes it sound like, I bought this car, and I expected to be able to drive it when I got here, and the dang thing didn't have a gearbox or transmission. No, they knew it didn't have a gearbox yes. when they bought it. It was $44 million without the gearbox. They're just saying that the seller had an obligation to track it down, get it, and ship it to them. And seller's saying, no, I didn't. Yeah, it was as is, in other words. Yeah, yeah. I, I sold it to you as is. You knew what the as is. I may have said I'll look for it to see if I can find it and put you in connection with that person, but I don't have a duty to buy that gearbox and get it to you. Well, yeah. here's the interesting thing. This was sold to, it was the company bought, a company buys it and flips it immediately and actually bought it for a very wealthy anonymous collector. So this individual that's suing via this company is a, a wealthy anonymous collector. So I think I know who it is. I truly believe I know who it is. It's Todd Kunin. Oh, I thought you were going to say yeah. Jay Leno. I mean, <laughs> luckily, luckily they, they agreed to take a two-party out-of-state post-dated check, and I mean post-dated. But yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, I, I drove it here today. so I, uh, yeah, yeah. Without the gearbox. Yeah, well, no, well, you know, look, you give me a little bit of silly putty, some ball bearings, and three and one. Flintstone driving with his feet on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, he back, and he backed it in and then bumped the tree. You know, but that's you know, no big deal. It, it's interesting. This, is start, this, this area of law is starting to get a little bit more play. We had the Jerry Seinfeld lawsuit earlier where he thought he was selling something original. The guy who bought it said it's not, so then he sued the people that sold it to him. You know, this, the, the high-fi world of automobiles, interesting. The car collection, and by the way, I have the most exciting. I, I, maybe I don't tell about my personal stuff. This is kind of interesting to know. I love Camaros. I've always loved Camaros. Right there, And buddy. I have a 69 Camaro 
Rally Sport, Super Sport Convertible. You're killing me. No, I do. Wait, wait. And, haven't heard the best part yet. And it is one of the uh, pace cars, original pace cars. So what? It's not the There's two original pace cars for the 1969 Indy 500. This. Each like dealer gets one, or yeah. some big dealers will get two. This is one out of Mississippi, and I've had it forever, and I just love that car. But and I'm telling you, you can drive whatever car you guys want. You can do whatever you want with your car and stand up. I guarantee you I will get more looks uh, you and more people stopping me than anyone because that car drives up and down the freeway or goes wherever. It is like accidents happen yeah. near me. I'm that, just like, I'm shocked. Look, that is a beautiful, that was Chevrolet's answer to Ford's Mustang. Yes. When Ford came out with the Mustang, Chevy said, and we, you know, we don't think this stuff is really going to take off. And then it was popular as all get out. And we got to compete with it. All get out? Yes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the That's only, a good phrase. the only thing that I would say for me over a 69 Camaro would be either a 66 or 67 Chevelle SS. Those I just I love those that oh, just yeah. that just yeah. goes back to my cousins and would love those. Well the 67 okay we're not we're yeah. going out. Yeah. You know what I love? You know what I love honestly? I love Denise's quick take for the program. Darn today. it. We didn't get into our last little That's topic. That's okay. Quick take. All right. Quick take. And I'm first, right? Well, sure. Why All not? right. Miss, Mrs. Giuliani is really smart to settle before the assets may be seized and removed to Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, to Ukraine. Ooh. Good. Fred. Fred, yours. All I got to say, ACT, SAT lawsuit we're talking about, young man and young women, when you're worried about your dream not coming true, not getting into your college of your dreams, welcome to the club. <laughs> Todd. And I would say, if ever there was an argument that legal briefs should include pictures, I submit as Exhibit A, the New Hampshire public nudity case. We'll see you next week. <laughs> That's going to do it for Radio Law Talk. Thanks again for turning us on. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. I've been telling you for quite some time how my pillow has given me the best sleep I've ever had with my my pillow deluxe pillow. Well, now through the radio listener special, and there's a lot of things you can save to the my pillow radio listener special. But the best deal now is a buy one get one free offer on the deluxe my pillow premium pillows. Pick up a my pillow right now, and uh, yourself and a loved one. Best way to do it. And guess what? We've talked about the 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. But orders placed between October 15th and December 25th will have their 60-day money-back guarantee extended through March 1st, 2020. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, enter promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175 for the buy one, get one free special. Two MyPillow premium pillows for the price of one with that extended warranty. Do it now.